This is HPR episode 2145 entitled Daily Notes and To-Do List with Markdown. It is hosted by Norris and is about 25 minutes long. The summary is how I use Markdown and get to keep up with what I do. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. I'm going to record an episode about about a method I use, notes, and keep up with what I've done for the day, have something to look back on, and also to kind of keep it a simple to-do list. Nothing, it's not, it's not like a to-do manager, a list of doing that I want to put somewhere, then I'll forget. Fun, fundamental to the way I take notes and the way I keep my list is that I, I use Markdown to do it. And I know Markdown has been discussed on the show before. Uh, specifically when it comes to like, I, I remember discussions about Markdown and use Markdown. I'm not going to do a whole show on what Markdown is, but I'll, I'll talk a little bit about, I will talk a little bit about syntax, Markdown syntax that I use. And I, I will say this, Markdown is, what I, what I like about Markdown is that it's syntax is simple and it doesn't get in your way. You can, you can write something without being distracted by, so just as a quick aside, one of my previous jobs, I had to write some documentation. I had to write a lot of documentation. Um, and I did it in uh, Microsoft Word. And I would get so caught up in like what bullets and font sizes, how many tabs. And I, I would get so frustrated with myself because I know I'm like, why can't I just sit down and write something? So I, I didn't know about Markdown at the time. I, it may not have even at the time, but I knew I wanted Markdown. I just didn't know what it was. Now that Now that I have it, I use it just about anywhere I can, especially when it comes to uh, documentation. Like it was just made for writing documents. Um, but also, you know, like this whole episode is about, I, I use it note-taking. Sort of another, it's not quite a central part of this, is I use um, Git along, in, in this process I use to store uh, my documents, that way I can I store my lists and my notes, that way I have a, um, a record. You know, I can look back on. Um, but also, um, if you use something like GitHub or GitLab or whatever your web-based Git repository of choice is, it probably, um, as far as I know, most of them render Markdown into some nice-looking HTML. So uh, what I'll do is, if I need to look back on my notes or read something or read my to-do list, I don't normally open up these text documents that I'm going to talk about in a few minutes. Normally, I look at the Git repository webpage. It's, it's, it's easy to read. An- another big advantage of Markdown is that it's legible and pretty, easy to look at inside GitHub. Um, so a-, a few reasons I really like Markdown, uh, if I haven't 
already talked enough about it. I know I've already said it's distractionless. Um, the syntax simple um, and easy to remember. With some markdowns, you have to, like if you're making a header, you have to make the header syntax before and after the line, and you, you have to match them up, you know, if you make like a, whatever it is, you know, say for um, like a wiki markdown, you have to make, you know, some weird syntax thing at the beginning and at the end of the line to make a proper header, but with markdown, um, you just make, you put a single hash mark at the beginning, that's H1, and when I say hash mark, I mean like the tic-tac-toe sign or the octothorpe or whatever whatever you want to call it i'm going to call it a hash mark uh, and if you want to make uh h3 you know you do three hash marks it the my, my point is it's a, it's simple syntax you don't have to th you don't have to think much about it I, I don't catch myself having to go back to the documentation to remember how to do it, it it's easy to get the hang of another good thing about about markdown is that it's um human readable even in its unrendered form so the the markdown syntax is it's kind of out of the way so even even if you're looking at the the plain markdown unrendered it's still easy to read and nice to look at you know i, I said I, I look at when i'm going to review something i look at the rendered page on github but that's just because i mean a lot of that is just because it's in my browser it's open and i got a bookmark for it it's not too difficult to go back and grab the individual file you can embed inline HTML if you want to. So if you've got some images, something else that you want to put inside the markdown, you can just put an image tag or a code tag or whatever HTML tags you want. Um, normally, when you view a markdown document after it's been converted to HTML, any HTML you put in the markdown will, will be uh, outputted HTML. And speaking of that, the last advantage I have down of using markdown is that it's, uh, it's really easy to convert um, from Markdown to another format. I know Markdown was sort of created to have an easy way to write HTML, um, and most of the Markdown tools available are just taking your Markdown and converting it to HTML, especially if you use something like Pandoc, which I feel like has been mentioned on the show before, but if you haven't looked at Pandoc and you do anything with documents at all, you need to stop what you're doing right now go look at Pandoc, it is some amazing software. But if you use something like Pandoc with Markdown, you can convert Markdown into any anything you can think of. I, I'm not even gonna begin the list, but look, look at Pandoc. It's, so enough about the why, let's talk a little bit about the how. Um, so the first thing I do is I have a document just called um, todo.md or todo.mark. At the top of it, you know, I've got a single hash mark and, and the word to do. Uh, so I know I've got a big header at the top of the page that says this is your to-do list. And then I divide it up um, into things I can do now and things later um, that are you know maybe a week away. And then I've got sort of at the bottom, I've got something long-term or projects that are the things that I, can, I probably can't do anything about today, but um, just sort of a list of things that I don't want to lose track of. And you know the things I can do now, the things I can do in a little bit, you know, and the, and the long-term project. Each one of those sections has a um, H3 or three little hash marks at the beginning of the section. And then for each item underneath it, I use the bullets, which in Markdown is um, an asterisk or star sign, whatever you want to call it. Um, and that, you know, for each item, I just have an asterisk, the, uh, what I need to do. And then, you know, I can add to it or 
take away from it or if there's something if there's something that I've I've done but I want to maybe still remember it for a day or two uh, Markdown has a pretty simple syntax for uh, strikeout so instead of just deleting the line I'll mark it with the strikeout symbols which is a couple of tildes um, and that'll mark the line at a strike through uh, or I'll just you know if it's if I just mark something down so I remember it and then I did it and I don't care about it anymore I'll just so that's the to-do page that's pretty simple I know there wasn't anything revolutionary there um, anybody who's ever made a to-do list has probably done something very similar, even in Markdown. Okay, so sort of the key to this process, and the only reason that I can remember to use this with any regularity, is I have a launcher that sits on my desktop, um, and then when I click it, it automatically opens my editor with today's page for notes. So I, um, I have a different page for a different page of notes for every day. Um, so when I click on this launcher, if um, today's page of notes doesn't exist, um, it will create it for me and it'll also fill it out a little bit. Um, so <clears throat> just sort of as a skeleton blank daily note document, I have uh, divided up into three sections. Um, well, first I have the date at the top with a single uh, hash mark, so it's in a when it's rendered, it's H1 tag with today's date. Um, and then I have uh, three separate sections. Each section has hash marks in front of it. Um, so the sections are, are projects, and this is like any sort of long-term project I'm working on, but I did something with that project today. I'll record it somewhere under the projects header. Um, I have one for tickets. So we have, we have like at work, we have a ticket tracking system. And um, I don't do a lot of stuff with our ticket system, but I do two or three things a day. And so whenever I do something in there, I just like to keep up with it. Um, mostly because, um, someone's going to come in, come back later and ask me about it. And I, I want to have, uh, if I want to have a, you know, something to jog my memory about, about what I did. And I feel like too, I can keep a little, I can keep more personal notes, uh, in the, my daily, um, task tracker than I can in, in the ticketing system. So in the ticketing system, when I do something, I'll put a note in there. But um, because a lot of times um, those tickets get seen by customers, or, uh, managers, you know, I don't always, uh, I can't always put all the details that I might need to come back to it. So section one project, section two tickets. And the last section is uh, for, for walk-ups. So um, a big part of what I do is um, unplanned and unscheduled and if it wasn't for this, it would be untracked. So this is just someone sending me an email or walking up to my desk or sending me an IM saying, asking me a question about something. How does this work or where did this go or why is this broken? Or can you do this for me? Can you fix this for me? Can you complete this task? And if it's if it's something big, I'll say, why don't you go back, make a ticket, and I'll answer it to the ticketing system. But a lot of times if it, um, it's something small, so I'll just go and do it for them. But I, again, I want a record of it just for a lot of the same reason. I'll mark it down on walk-ups. And, and I'll, I'll keep the tasks similar to I did with the to-do page. So under each um, section, I'll just make a bullet with an asterisk what I did. And then sometimes, I don't do this every day, but sometimes if there's something that doesn't fit well uh, in those three, I'll add a fourth section at the bottom. Or um, if it's something that I want to take sort of more extensive notes on and not necessarily clutter up one of the other sections in there, I'll do that. Uh, just 
as an example, we have a um, a development environment that I wanted to make some changes to, and you know, change you know three or four different IP addresses. I wanted a place that I could sort of write the old ones and the new ones down, and have a place I could always go back and look. And that didn't really fit anywhere in the other three sections, so I just kind of made a chart down at the bottom. You know, whatever day I did this, I made a chart like down at the bottom of, uh, you know, the old addresses. You get the idea. Okay. So I've mentioned um, the launcher, and I, I, I'm going to talk a little bit through how the launcher works, but I'll also I'll have some show notes um, in written in Markdown that I'll uh, upload with the show um, so you can kind of see. I know... Um, doesn't really always it's not always helpful to hear someone read out a script um, so I'm not going to do that I'll kind of talk through it and the, the, some of the different parts of it uh, but I'll, I'll put the whole thing in the sh- go back and look at those now one little caveat before I get started working on the script is that um, if you primarily work on Linux this script may look a little weird to you and that's because I use a Mac at work it's just it's, it's what we use. It's what we're given. Um, it, it makes a, a lot of things easier. There's stuff like um, email um, and s- some other apps that we need that won't work on Linux. Um, but, it, but still, if you're not familiar with Macs, it, it comes with uh, a free BSD runtime. So you can open a terminal and uh, most of the stuff you're used to being there on Linux on a Mac. Some of the commands are a little different, uh, which is why I'm, I'm bringing this up. Um, but there's nothing in here that you couldn't do, um, on a Linux system. And, you know, there's so many different desktop environment and terminals and editor. Um, you know, there's no way for me to, you know, make a script that would work for everybody. But I mean, if this is something you're interested in using, it wouldn't be too hard to modify, uh, the, the launcher, where you put it, how you launch it, the specific commands in it. So anyway, um, if you have a Mac, this one will probably work. You'll have to change a, a few paths. A few paths fit your user instead of mine. But anyway. um, so the first thing that the script does is sets up some variables. Uh, the first one uh, names the daily file. So I said I've got a different file of tasks for every day. So the first one says, okay, today's file should be named this. Um, the second thing is it sets a path. So where you know, all these files are stored, you know, the the to-do file and all of these daily files are stored in place. So there's a variable called daily path that says where that is. Um, I have a lock file variable. So when, when I first started doing this, I would catch myself launching the script multiple times. Um, and that kind of messed up. Uh, one of the steps in it, um, I'll, I'll tell you about in a second. The, la- is the last step is it spell checks uh, everything. So... If I launched it one time and I launched it a second time, uh, it, w- it would just kind of mess up the spell check step. And sometimes um, I would end up, if I close if I close them out of order, I would lose some work. So what I did was I made a lock file. So if, I, if the script is launched, it writes a lock file. If I try to launch it again, it'll say, hey, there's a lock file. You- um, we'll get to that part in a second. But there's a, of the four variables that are in the beginning of the script, the third one is what the log file should be. And the fourth one is the to-do file. So um, the first document I talked about, to-do.md.md. So the the first part of the script, 
is pretty is for the lock file and this is pretty basic I'm, uh 90% sure if you just search for bash lock file you'd come across the same code that is so I, I just I found it somewhere and I don't remember where I copied it it works um but um it says there's a if the lock file exists uh then echo um the lock file is present do you want to continue press yes or no press yes it continues um if you press no it exits that's that's pretty um and then if the lock file doesn't exist when you when you start the script if the lock file doesn't exist it will create the lock and i know a lock file isn't the 100% best way to ensure a script doesn't run multiple times and you know in a lot of use cases i wouldn't recommend a lock file there's better ways to do it but in this particular case since it's just me doing it and i'm probably not probably not going to mess this up so lock files okay um, so after we checked for the presence of the lock file, uh, we checked for the presence of the daily. So, um, if the file, if the file for today's task do doesn't exist, if it does exist, it just moves on. If it doesn't exist, it will create sort of a skeleton for me. And I I've already talked, talk, sort of talked through what that is. It, you know, it's the date, um, and then a header for each thing I want to work on that day. And, uh, it builds it just by, you know, echoing um, something with a, a double redirect sign to the daily file variable. So it's just a series of echo statements that builds out the skeleton of, of what I'd like to do for the day. Okay. So once, so, so far in the script, we check for a lock file and we check for, for the daily task file. And if it doesn't exist, we, uh, the next step is we open the daily task file in our editor. Um, on the Mac, I use a program called Text Wrangler. You can probably do this with any text editor. Um, one thing that if you use a different editor, um, with Text Wrangler, the, the command is um, user local bin edit. And then I give it the dash W flag. And what that does is that makes, a lot of times when you open a, a program from, uh, when you open a GUI program from the command line, it'll just open the program and then return you back to the shell. And that's what edit does by default. But I don't want that. I want any when this script opens the editor, I want the script to stop until the editor closes. Because there's some things that are going to happen after I close the editor. I don't want them to happen until I close. So if, if you use a different editor, that's just something you need to figure out that step. And it may happen by default. Not every GUI program does you know does does that where it you know when you launch most GUI programs when you launch it it'll hold the shell open. And won't continue with the script until you close whatever, and and that's the behavior you. Um, so I'll click on the launcher. It'll run through this script. It'll launch the editor. I'll do whatever you know. I'll type. I'm, I, sometimes I leave it open for a while. Sometimes I open it, type one thing in it, and close it. Um, but either way, whenever I'm done with it, I press uh, press the X. It closes, and then it continues in the script. So after the um, line in the script to open the editor. Um, it spell checks the document with a spell. Um, that's a s p. And if if you don't, this is another just like Pandoc. I'm gonna say I'm not gonna do an episode on Pandoc. I'm not gonna do an episode on a spell. But if you do not know what a spell is, you stop what you're doing right now and go check it out. It is by far the best spell check. And I, I'm a terrible speller. If it, if it wasn't for spell check, I would look like I hadn't been to school. I cannot spell at all. 
And with a lot of programs, like I can misspell something so badly that it, the spell checker doesn't know how to fix it. It is very rare that I spell something so badly that a spell doesn't know how to fix it. Like if I misspell a word and it doesn't recognize, it'll give me like 10 different things. Did you, did you, did you mean this? You know, and 99% of the time, what I actually meant is in the list. Um, and with a spell, you can add, you know, it can learn words. If you have, uh, like I have a lot of sort of jargon only, only I would use or only use in my company or sort of industry that I don't want to, I don't want it to trip on. So you can add that. Um, and a spell is probably just as key to this whole process. Uh, anything else I've talked about. So, um, at, when I close the document, a spell checks the daily file. It also checks the to do file. Now I don't have the script automatically open the to do file. Um, every time I launch it, but, uh, I'd say probably 10 or 15% of the times when I do launch this script, I go ahead and open up the to-do file anyway, either, you know, maybe in another editor or in the same editor in the same window or something, but it's, it's frequent enough that I have the to-do file open and I'll spell check it in this process. Uh, so once I've done the spell check, we'll, um, remove the lock file and then I'll remove the readme, and I haven't talked about the readme yet, so this is probably going to be... Uh, so I'll stop right here and kind of say what the readme... Um, if you've ever looked at a project on GitHub or in GitLab or whatever, usually when you open up uh, the project page, uh, you'll see a list of files, um, and then underneath it, there'll be some word um, des describing what that file is. So what uh, most of the web-based Git repositories do is if you have a file in that repository, in the root of it, um, that's called readme, and it's readme.md, or there's some other formats that it can do. Whenever you open that up, it'll automatically display the readme um, as HTML, even though it's marked down. So, um, so what I do, and I'll, I'll walk through the steps in a second, is every time I close this script, I rebuild the readme file by echoing the to-do list, the to-do.markdown at the top, and then all the daily files. So if you look at the readme file, the first thing you'll see is the to-do.markdown, uh, and then in order, uh, you know, start today, going back in time until the beginning, um, you'll see all of my daily notes. So I've got, you know, I've got a separate to-do document, I've got separate documents for every day, but all of those are combined in a way that works good for me into a single readme document. So most of the time when I want to go back and I look, I have this readme document um, bookmarked. It's one of the you know few bookmarks I actually have in my browser. Um, I'll just click on that. It opens a readme page. It's all right there. So um, after that diversion, we'll come back to the script. Uh, so we do the editing, we do the spell checking, we remove the lock file. And then the first part of building that big readme is I need to delete the old readme. So I uh, rm the readme. Uh, then I cat the to-do file to the readme. And then I have a for loop where it lists all the markdown files and then it cats them to the readme. And then it, there's a, there's an echo at the end of that that just puts a blank line. So this one kind of weird thing about Markdown is that um, sometimes I find myself having to add some extra empty lines to make it render correctly. And this is one that you'll see if you ever see just an echo going direct. You know, if you ever see just a command that's just echo redirecting to a file, 
that's what it's doing in this script, just making it. So um, the last part of this script is that um, the Git check-in process. So I, I use Git, but if you have another, um, if you want to use Mercurial or CVS or whatever, or nothing. Um, but I, I like using Git for a handful of reasons that I've talked about before. But there's just the last line in the script um, is um, CD into the... Uh, folder where all this stuff is doing a git add which adds any new files so you know every day i create a new file you're going to add git add command and a git commit git commit command um and usually with a in git when you do a commit you want to have something useful in the commit message but when you automate git commits like this you a little harder to do so most of the time when i automate a git commit i just have the commit message be the timestamp and i do that in this case with the day commit so uh git commit uh, and then a git push origin master you know, pushes everything I just did, uh, including the brand new markdown file up to git server. So I'm going to summarize all this uh, one more time because I know I'm like a lot. Um, but, um, you know, again, to I'll have some. So just to summarize the script, um, the first thing it does is sets up a, a few variable names. Uh, the next part, it checks for a lock file if it exists delete it move on or if it doesn't exist it just keeps on going and creates a lock file um the next part of the script looks for the daily file if it is there it moves on if it's not there it sort of builds out a skeleton daily file for me uh then it opens the daily file and then when i'm done with that i close the editor spell checks the daily file and the to-do file um, then it removes the lock file and then we rebuild the readme. So the first step of rebuilding the, readme, the old readme, you cat the to-do file to the readme, all the daily files to check it into Git. Uh, it's as simple as that. Um, that's all I got for today. You guys have a good You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website, or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.